Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show because we are at long last talking about Roland Emmerich's Stargate, and I'm joined for this very special discussion of Stargate by the one and only Robin Buckley. Hi, Robin. Hi, how are you? I am okay. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's. I feel like it's been a little while. It's been a while. Um, I, I did. I not... did that on purpose. Okay, good. <laughs> I did not put it together when we decided to do Stargate. But as soon as I started watching the movie, I thought, well, last time Robin was on, we talked about Pretty in Pink, and now we're talking about Stargate. And guess what? These two movies have in common. Our one true love, James Spader. James Spader, baby. <laughs> I'm so excited that Spader is back with us. He's a very different character in this movie, though. Very different. I feel he should have played the part as Steph from uh, Pretty in Pink. Would Just an a, absolute jerk. <laughs> a, a rich asshole. I mean, he's kind of like more of a, like What's an like... unaware, at, like he, he's just like, confused asshole in this yeah, one. Yeah, right. His like his his assholeism comes from being an intellectual. Yes. But he's mostly harmless because he's kind of clueless. Exactly. Yeah. Uh but anyway, we're we're getting into Stargate far too quickly <laughs> because of course I have to ask you, uh have you seen anything good lately? I've seen a few things. Um I watched on Criterion Channel. Um, they've got a bunch of Preston Sergis movies on there right now. Very nice. So I watched The Palm Beach Story from 42 with Claudette Colbert and other people that I didn't know, but I knew her. Um, have you seen that before? I have, but I don't remember it super well. It's very screwball comedy. Yeah. Like, it's very goofy. and. Is this the one where she's on the train for a lot of the movie? Yes. Okay. She's on the train. She's like divorcing her husband, gonna yeah. marry another rich guy so that she could get money for her ex husband. Um, he's trying to win her back. There's a rich guy that falls in love with her, and his sister falls in love with the husband of Claudette Colbert. Um, it's fun. It's light. I I wanted something, you know, nice and scribble comedies are just nice and easy yeah there's i feel like you don't have to really think but they end happy pretty i feel like they always pretty much always end happy it's a comedy screwball comedy um the people talk as fast as i do so that's great i've Uh, shown some screwball comedies to students and mm -hmm. they're not crazy about them specifically because of how fast everybody talks it's It's very fast. Um, I feel like, you know, watching Gilmore Girls in, like, my formative teen years really (laughs) prepared prepared me. for the speed. (laughs) The speed of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, But it's, I don't know. It was was good. Um, I have to check out more of his movies because I think they had... They had a whole bunch on there. I think it might be one of those collections that's on it for like a couple months. Okay. Um, so I'll have to go through and watch a bunch of them. That's. Do you, uh, do you have Criterion Channel? I do have Criterion Channel. I never use it, uh, which is terrible because 
I'm paying for it and there's so much good stuff on it. Yeah. And yet I rarely think to go check on it. So I need to do that. I know they recently had like a Cary Grant comedy collection. I wanted to go work my way through that. Um, I can't remember if those are still up or if they... They're probably gone with my luck. Um, I have a tendency on it to... Um, to like make a my list kind of thing of all these ones that I want to watch. And then I wait to the last minute when it's like a week before <laughs> and then they're all going all off. In. And then I'm just, yeah, like yeah. marathoning, you know, a bunch of like May West movies, <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of, you know, 1930s like musicals that I'm just squeezing in. And I'm like, all right, getting, <laughs> getting them done. Uh, they have, yeah, they have a bunch that I need to, I guess just marathon probably in yeah. the next like two days. <laughs> I've only seen probably about a third of Preston Surge's filmography, but I've liked everything that I've seen. I don't think there's any like duds in there. No. Um, I think my favorite is probably the lady Eve. And I, just because um, I love Barbara Stanwyck so much. Yeah, she rules. And Henry Fonda's good in it too, but I mean, Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> so that one I like a lot. Um, but there's a whole bunch of his that I haven't seen, and now I'm like, I'll have to, I'll have to find even the ones that aren't on the Criterion Channel yeah. and watch them. Yeah. And then um, beyond that, I I stuck with Criterion Channel, and they currently have a collection of. I mean, I I guess you count these as mo- movies, but George Melies. Uh right um they have a whole bunch of his shorts well they're all shorts but they're all on there so it's like the the um trip to the moon and like his first one is just two minutes of a woman dancing well it looks like she's in flames which is pretty cool there's i think my favorite was the impossible voyage which was um a bunch of like these scientific tourists going to the sun and they're they're so interesting just because I'm like, wow, these were made late 18, early 1900s. And like, look how creative people were. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this one man was. It's just so impressive. Um, and then the ones that are on the channel are all colored. Because I guess they found, I think they found the like colored version. Okay. And then they fixed in some spots and released them. Um which feels even more interesting to be like, I'm watching a colored film from like 1904. Right. This is insane. I mean, I don't think they're for everyone. I feel like they're kind of a, if, so, if people now are going to watch them, it's more of like um, just a, a piece of interest. But, you know, just to see what it, what it was like. Kind right. Of. right, right, right. But, um, yeah, I, I liked that. Um and then I moved away from Criterion Channel. <laughs> I didn't watch everything on there. And I watched a couple um, Netflix documentaries. I got I got in the mood for some Netflix docs. And I watched uh, Made You Look, a true story about fake art. Did you watch that one? No, I'm not familiar with that one. So it's on, I think it came on 2020. It's on Netflix. And it's basically about this huge art fraud that happened in, I think, like mid-2000s, 
2011 was like when the people were being arrested. Well, it went on for decades. It went on for like 14 years. But it was this um, art gallery in New York that basically sold something like $80 million worth of um, like fake, fake art. art. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And the like woman who did all the selling still says that she knew nothing about it. And I like it because she says that and then they like intercut it with this other guy who is either like she was in on it or she's like the biggest idiot in the world. <laughs> like, and, like, those are your options. Um, but even and I also loved that the like intro text at the beginning was something like um, names have not been changed because the people weren't innocent or something like the way they did it. We're like, we didn't change anybody's names in this because they're not innocent people. So right. we just kept them as is good. Like, good for them. Okay. Um, but it ended up being, and this is not like spoilers. They tell you right away. It was just this like, um, guy, a Chinese guy who had moved to New York and was liked doing like recreations. He said he was just going to sell them to people um as like oh yeah clearly this is a reproduction but he s would sign the name of the artist on it so <laughs> i don't know how much i believe that <laughs> but uh he moved back to china before anybody could arrest him oh wow <laughs> so, yeah um and they they just didn't bother trying to charge him and the same thing there was the people who sold the pieces of art um like one lady was arrested uh, but her husband just like left and went back to Spain and was like, Oh, that's weird. My wife did all that stuff and I didn't even know about it. <laughs> and like, are you sure? <laughs> like, seems like maybe you were part of it. This is and he quite was just a like, nope, crazy. Like, huh? This is quite a group of people. Oh yeah. They're all, um, they're like scary rich when they were just like, yeah, I bought that painting for $8 million because I thought it would look good in my house. And, I thought to myself, this is a level of rich that my yeah. brain can't comprehend. Yeah. Um, I also am not like a modern art person. So the pieces were like Rothko's and Jackson Pollock's. So to me, I was like, oh, they all look the same. So <laughs> <laughs> Although one of the Jackson Pollock's, they did sign the name wrong. Like they spelled it wrong. And then the art gallery was like, we never noticed that. Sold it for a couple million dollars. Oh like, my gosh. <laughs> So it's it's on Netflix. It's um it's very entertaining, and like the it is very much a cast of a lot of rich white people who like you feel bad that they lost a lot of money, but then I don't know maybe they should have like been a little more careful because all of the like provenance that they would give on where the art came from was super suspect. And they would just be like, mm, I don't know, the art gallery lady seemed really nice, and she seemed pretty sure, so I bought the art. And she'd be like, yeah, some guy with no name um, found it in Mexico and brought it here to sell to me. It's like, did he? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say check it out. And then my last thing... Uh, I'm sticking with the documentaries on Netflix and also uh, extremely wealthy people who I will never understand. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Operation Varsity Blues, the college admission scandal. I, is this about that? the like actual? 
Yeah. The Lori Laughlin uh, whole thing. Yeah, she's mentioned, but it's it's all about that. Except they did it via reenactments. Oh, I'm not um, watching. <laughs> <laughs> so what the best part is is, or maybe that's the worst part is the main guy, um, like the that was the the one who was basically uh, setting all the parents up with the schools and taking the tests for the kids and everything. Yeah. Um, he, he's reenacted throughout the entire movie by Matthew Modine. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just Matthew Modine acting. All right. Weird. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, so, and it was like a lot of like random other people from um like from other movies and like tv shows would just be like fbi agents and like be in the background and doing and like answering phones and i was like i've seen you on like csi (laughs) people um do you find that distracting um it wasn't too bad i will say like they weren't the they were better reenactments than you get with like you know a some TV shows trying to like a crime show doing reenactment. Right, they were right, right. better than that. Okay. Um, once I got past the fact Matthew Modine, I was like, he wasn't bad. So all of the dialogue that they had the people speak were the phone calls that were recorded by the FBI. So it was just like all of the, it was a lot of Matthew Modine walking around on the phone. Um, and then they would talk to the actual like, lawyers and everything it was it was interesting i don't think i've seen a documentary something like that before right um like entirely weird reenactments um they it was a lot of people give away way too much stuff via the phone though It's just I would be like, so I'm gonna give you five hundred thousand dollars, and you're gonna tell them that my kid is on the crew team, right? And uh, we're gonna get her into this college. Cool, great. That's like, what? <laughs> um, and then it was just, it was one of those things where they'd be like, yeah, parents will donate a million dollars to these Ivy Leagues, and it's like, what are you doing? That's not enough to get your kid into school. You have to donate five, ten, twenty million to get in. And I was like. Wow, I hate it. <laughs> I could easily buy a Jorkson Pollock for that money. <laughs> Perfect. Like, and then um, I did like they had one point where it was this, um, it was like a teen or somebody in probably their early 20s or getting ready to call, go to college. And they were like, you know, you can't even go to college because it's so competitive and how difficult it is to get into schools now. And there was, I don't, it was like somebody who worked at a college and was like, maybe you don't get into the like Ivy League, really popular school, but like apply somewhere else, you'll get in somewhere. Right. You don't have to just be like, I can only go to Stanford. Right. There's other schools. Um, It was... I liked the uh, made you look more between my Netflix docs about rich white people, but <laughs> <laughs> it was still interesting. Um, it was it was crazy seeing like what people will go to and like how much money they'll throw at something just because they think like 
this will get them what they want. Right. Which I guess it worked for a long time. So. <laughs> so I didn't like pay super close attention to how that all shook out. Did a lot of people go to jail, or was it just Lori Laughlin? Um, a, like a good amount went to jail. The guy who planned it all, um, turned like as soon as he was caught, he basically just like got into the doing the wiretaps and ratted out all of the parents who'd paid him. Of course. So I think he got out of a lot of, um, of the punishment. Yeah. Um, they had one and who knows how innocent the guy was. They had one, um, sailing teacher or he was like the sailing coach at, I think he was at Stanford who had said like, Hey, I don't think the kid's going to get in. And then got a call that was like, Hey, they're giving you a $500,000 donation. And he was like, cool. And then he was charged with like wire fraud and all this stuff. And all his higher ups were like, you did this. And then he got fired and he was able to basically do like community service and be at home. And he was the only one because he seemed pretty genuine and that he was like, had no idea what was happening. Right. Um, that I like felt bad for, but I don't think anybody went away like beyond a couple months or owing a bunch of money. Well, of course not. Like <laughs> white collar crime. Exactly. Like, you know. Nobody does time for that. What was funny is there's one part where one person says like after the the coach guy they called him the coach because he was the one who would like coach them through their testing and was like the his name's I can't remember his first name but his last name's Singer but Singer was um once he turned on them and was like calling everybody up and basically tricking them into revealing a bunch of stuff on like wiretapped calls um. They were like, yeah, he was so good at that. Like, he was crazy. It was crazy how much he could get people to, like, admit over the phone. And then they talked to somebody else and was like, yeah, that's because he's talking to, like, white-collar criminals. And those idiots will tell you anything over the phone. <laughs> if you're talking to, like, organized crime or somebody who, like, was not a white-collar criminal like this, he would have been made in a second. <laughs> it was just, I loved it. Um other than that, though, other than a couple docs and some random uh, Criterion Channel stuff, I do not have anything new and exciting for what I've been watching lately. Well, you did watch, like, five movies the other day. I did. I did watch five movies. <laughs> um, I will confess something. I checked out during one of them. I kind of suspected because I noticed, I like, <laughs> Robin's not really tweeting during this one anymore. So I checked out pretty early too. Um, it was I checked out right after the the uh, lady got her face like hung off a tree. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know what? I think this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is, you know, to be fair, that is the grossest thing that happens in the movie. Is it? Yeah. What was weird is it wasn't even that it was gross. It was that I thought to myself, why did the husband get to die so fast? And she gets like right tortured like this and yeah. it made me mad yeah no that's totally understandable we're talking about three from hell if you're if you're listening and you're like <laughs> what movie is this is this yes day um no it turns out it's three from hell so the other day um to celebrate my birthday erica arranged a six movie tweet a thon you might have seen it written about on the site and robin was kind enough to participate in most of it except for part <laughs> of three from hell 
and uh, Looney Tunes back in action, which she missed. But so what was your favorite of the day? I know what your least favorite was. <laughs> uh, Viva Las Vegas. Oh, very nice. Had you seen it before? I had not. Okay. Um, and Margaret. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, I liked that one. It, that was my jam. Like, that's very much my kind of movie. Um, I mean, I love pirates, but Viva. And then Dread is so much fun, too. Like, Dread was a lot of fun. I feel like I want to rewatch that over and over again, which is a weird feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because that one's super violent. It is. And I also like Mandy a lot. And that one's also super violent. Yeah. But I can deal with them. I can handle them. Three from Hell, I was like, this is a love. Yeah. It's too real. I was like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of suspected that that one was going to put a lot of people off. Um, and normally, I wouldn't even program something that's... Like, for an F This Movie Fest or something, I would never program something that divisive. Um, but I just was like... had been I, I wanted to rewatch it because I've been listening to a ton of Rob Zombie lately, and I'm kind of limited to what's streaming, and there were a bunch of factors that went into it. And I do like the movie. Um because I like to see people's faces get hung from trees. I want to <laughs> see it in more movies, not fewer. Um, I do like that I asked you at one point, I think, or I, I said, like, is it going to make a difference that I haven't seen the first two in this? And you're like, nope. Nope, not at all. Am I going to have no idea what's going on? <laughs> you might, like, have a greater attachment to the characters, if, if that makes any sense, but they're horrible, psychotic and murderers. And so I had said that, like... Was I supposed? Was I supposed to sympathize or like anybody in the movie? Not. Like who's, I think I need. I think like the way I am is I need a side. That's totally understandable. I, Devil's Rejects does it way better. But one of the things that I think is interesting about these movies specifically is the way that he does. Rob Zombie does kind of shift sympathies um because the back half of the movie you kind of are sympathizing for the firefly clan you kind of are on their side and wanting them what happens is like a, an entire army of masked luchador hitmen come after them and you kind of want them to fight their way out and you want them to kill all these hitmen and escape and then you back up and you ask yourself, well, wait, why do I want that, right? I watched the first half of this movie where they were just murdering innocent people. Um, and I find that really interesting. And a lot of it just has to do with the language of the movie that he's using. There's a, there's a sequence in Devil's Rejects that does it much better in the span of a single scene where we're watching them get beat up and tortured by a cop and we're, we are suddenly sympathizing with them and we're like, Hey, stop it. Don't torture them. Don't do this. And then spoilers, the cop is, has his neck broken and right away you're like, Oh, right. He was the good guy. He, we were supposed to be on his side. Uh, and now he's dead. Um, three from hell doesn't do it as successfully, but I find it really interesting. Mm. I think I think if it was my kind of movie, I'd probably have been more into it. Sure. But it's just, it's one of the ones that, the, like, the few things that don't work for me. <laughs> totally, totally understandable. Um, 
I'm glad you liked Viva Las Vegas. That was the one I had the most fun during was Viva Las Vegas because so many people were seeing it for the first time and so many people's heads were exploding because of Anne Margaret and so many people were like, oh my gosh, this race at the end gets really violent. Uh, I was like, the count just gets smashed and Elvis (laughs) just like looks back and shrugs and I'm just like, keeps on driving, man. That's been your friend the whole movie. Well, they were and friendly rivals. They were friendly, but like, they seemed more <laughs> friendly Emphasis on the friendly, rivals. right, exactly. Like, they were not enemies, which, <laughs> which I was honestly surprised by, because I feel like most movies would have made the Count just like an irredeemable right. asshole. Right. And they would have been constantly competing, whereas he just seemed lightly amused at all times. And like, yeah, he would hit on Anna Margaret, but it was more of a who wouldn't hit on her. Right. Unless like he was actually trying to like steal her away from Elvis. Yeah, you don't, he he doesn't seem terribly invested. It's like, of course I'm going to hit on this girl, but if she doesn't go for it, that's fine. Yeah. There will be another. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, he's doing it more just to annoy Elvis. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. Um... No, I it was it was a fun day. Mandy was a good ending, although it finished at midnight, and I was like, "What do I do now with myself?" <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird one to end on. A because it's it's slow, like it's never boring, but it's a slow movie, uh, and then it's so bizarre and takes you to such places that yeah, when it's over, you're like, "All right, now I'm just hallucinating. How can I go to sleep?" <laughs> My. Uh... I was talking to my boss about it and he was like, Oh, I want to see that. And then he was kind of like, he asked me if I liked it. And I was like, yes, I do. But it's also very weird. Right. And like, I don't know how, I don't know like if I can recommend it to everybody because I feel like it definitely wouldn't work for certain, like some people just, it would not work for. But no, no, there was somebody it, tweeting along who was not, not into it. Vibing with it at all. And at one point was like, wait, why were those guys wearing like scary alien costumes? And I had to write back, no, they're literal biker demons from hell. Are they? I thought they were just like, I thought they had just had a bad trip and gone like cuckoo. No, they, they were literal demon bikers. Which is why I compared them to Reavers from, like, Firefly, where I was like, I don't know, I just thought they had, like, a bad drug and turned all weird, and, like, that's what they do now. Yeah, no, they're more like Cenobites oh, no. from Hellraiser. Okay, that that also makes sense. Yeah. I guess. But that's a weird <laughs> sentence to write when, you're, when you have to be super literal about it, and you have to say, like, no, they're actual biker demons from hell. You're like, wait, I just wrote that as a sentence to describe what's happening in this movie. <laughs> which makes it a good movie oh i agree um you know that one was that one was fun like again the whole the whole day was such a good time and for coming right after f this movie fest i was like i know we're eventually going to be allowed to go into the real world again but i kind of hope that you keep doing it <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't know. Erica asked, you know, like, are we going to do it again next year? And I said, well, I don't know if 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 the world's back to normal and we can like actually socialize, uh, you know, because it That's is true. it is hard coming so soon after after this movie fest. It's like two long live tweet days in a month, which some people are all for. Yeah, and some people are maybe like, no thanks. Um, <laughs> so I just don't know what to do. 
but I've got a year to figure it out. Exactly. And we may Good. be all back under quarantine or still under quarantine at this time next year. So who knows? I hope to God we're not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe COVID will make this decision for me. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm demanding that it not. We did have two years of this. Yeah. As somebody whose birthday falls on March 14th, which was like the weekend we locked down. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh. I just like, I just, it's like, oh, glad I lost a whole year. Yeah. It's crazy, right? You're the same. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, recently I would think of something. I was thinking about when Erica and I went to New York, uh, which was March of 2019, but I was positive it was last year. And it's like, oh, that's because we lost all of 2020. Like, a, just a year was taken away. And I forget that. I have to remind myself that, like, no, no, no. This time last year was, like, we were locking down. We were staying inside. We weren't seeing anyone. We weren't talking to anyone. Um, but the, it, there's such a weird gap. Like, I'm convinced that 2019 was yesterday because all of 2020 is just a blur. 2020 doesn't it doesn't feel real or it feels real it just doesn't feel like it should be right (laughs) (laughs) just redo the year um you watch anything else good beyond beyond those six uh i did watch yesterday for real oh with the kids because they really wanted to see it i think because they're trying to angle for their own yesterday um (laughs) So That's yes, Jennifer Garner, right? Jennifer Garner, who needs new representation uh, because she just plays beleaguered mom in everything. I feel like she's too young and like fun to be that character, but that's what she is, I guess, now. That's what she is in everything. Um, yesterday is completely harmless. It's like cute, you know, and I don't love to describe movies as being cute because it seems to reduce them to uh, being like completely ephemeral, but I don't know how else to describe yesterday. It does a thing that annoys me a lot, which is a lot of kids' movies or quote-unquote family movies. The central conflict is like, my parents work too much and don't pay enough attention to me. And you can trace it through like most of the 90s and early 2000s. It's Jingle All the Way, it's uh, Liar Liar, it's, you know, there's a ton of movies that we could point to and say, like, oh, this trope is in every family film. And Yes Day is guilty of doing that again, where uh, Edgar Ramirez's character, you know, he works too much, and so we have to do a Yes Day to get him back. And Jennifer Garner says no too much, because, you know, being a parent is hard. And you do have to sometimes say no, and you do sometimes have to lay down rules, but um, but it's cute, and my kids liked it, so what else, you know, could you ask for, really? Yeah, it seems successful if they enjoyed it. Right, exactly. Are you going to give them a yes day? I doubt it, because I just feel like... I feel like it'll turn into three from hell. <laughs> <laughs> I think no I'm just kidding um, no we might do some kind of modified yes day we say yes to a lot already so my <laughs> my wife is upstairs right now I can hear her you can probably hear her too on the microphone uh, having a dance party which is 
a new thing that has been instituted every single night. Oh, every night. Every night before bed, my daughter insists that there, that there be a dance party. So Erica bought like a little multicolored disco light. And she turns off every light in the house, and we play this one song from YouTube on repeat, and we have a Only dance party. It's one song that we have a dance party to. I couldn't they, tell you the name of it. Does I, it only play once? No, it it's only like uh, 70 seconds long, so we just listen to it <laughs> like 10 times. Uh, I don't know what the words are, because I'm pretty sure they're not in English. I don't know what the title is. Uh, it is a lot of nonsense, but that's the one that we choose to dance to. And I can hear them upstairs right now having a dance party. <laughs> so to me, that's the kind of thing you would do on a yes day. And we're doing that every day. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to be like, yes to doing crazy things. Right. Or really expensive things. Right. I don't know. Is that what they do? Do they do really crazy expensive things? They don't in the movie? do expensive things because there are some ground rules that they lay down at the beginning, but it's definitely okay. like it's it's such movie stuff. You know, it's like they get the whole town involved, and it's whatever. <laughs> it's I don't know about like I mean, you guys are a lot friendlier out there in the Midwest. You're Midwest, right? Yeah. Technically. Yeah. You're a lot friendlier. But around here, if you try to get your entire like neighborhood involved, they would just shut the door on you. <laughs> like neighbors do not talk to neighbors. No. <laughs> no. I haven't I've been living in this house for almost six years and I've never even met my neighbors. Oh wow. Oh yeah, no. Nobody talks to anybody. <laughs> like That's impressive. That's just kind of how it is in, around here <laughs> so like you'd be like entire town get involved in this thing and they would just be like i'm not gonna do that yeah like, i don't know what who you are well to be fair they lie to them and tell them it's like a reality show audition oh that's yeah. better worse <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that is uh i, only... I thought you were about oh sorry no go ahead I was going to say, I thought you were about to say they, like, said it was, like, a kid's dying wish or something. Oh, gosh. That <laughs> would be like, worse. Oh, dark. That would decidedly worse. They don't go that far, thank goodness. Oh, that's good. Um, the only other movie that I saw is from 2021, and it's a movie called Happily, written and directed by Ben David Grabinski. It stars Joel McHale and Carrie Bichet and a bunch of people you would recognize, um, like Paul Shear and Al Madrigal and other familiar names and faces um they are uh, uh uh steven root has a key role um they're a happily married couple who annoy everyone around them with how happy they are um so there you know there's some amount of relatability there i'm sure as there is for you and dave um <laughs> because for some reason, when you get married, you're supposed to, like, annoy each other or be kind of miserable. And I don't necessarily know those couples in real life, but that's what TV and movies have always taught me. And if you're happily married, well, that's just a terrible thing. So they're happily married, and I almost don't want to give anything away. They're going to go stay at a friend's house for the weekend. Uh, one of their, they have a group of friends and they've rented a house together. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what I can say. I don't even want to say the inciting incident. I'm not going to say anything. 
except that I thought it started with a really interesting premise. I really liked the first third. I liked the last third a little less, and I liked the last or the the middle third a little less, and I liked the last third a little less than that. It's a movie that kind of runs out of gas and doesn't really deliver on the ideas that it introduces in the first act. Um, it's definitely made <clears throat> by somebody who's a fan of the same kinds of movies that I'm a fan of because it name checks stuff like Hudson Hawk and the adventures of Ford Fairlane and the whole climax plays out to tonight is what it means to be young from streets of fire. And so <laughs> there's all kinds of little signifiers throughout that are like, oh, you would like this, you would like this, you would like this. Uh, and I respond to those things, but they're in the service of a story that for me, um, fell flat after introducing a, a pretty cool premise. Is is it a comedy? It's a comedy. I guess a dark comedy would be. A dark comedy? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the cast list, and I like I like that cast list, but yeah. it, it sounds like it's kind of diminishing returns as you're watching it. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I would recommend it. We rented it. Uh, it's available for rental on VOD. If it pops up on like a Hulu or a Netflix or something, I would say give it a chance. I don't know mm -hmm. that I can recommend that people spend six or seven bucks to rent it unless you're curious about it, which I totally understand. But for me, it's it was a little bit of a disappointment, um, but interesting enough that I'll see whatever the filmmaker does next. Okay. Well, that's always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, there's enough there's enough there that I'm like, oh, this could be really cool. Um, the fact that it doesn't totally get there, well, oh well, you know, maybe next time. I'll never understand why movies think that married couples should be miserable. It's very strange. Because, like, why? Would, I don't, yeah. Why would you want to be married with somebody that to somebody that makes you miserable? It's TV shows, it's commercials, like, every commercial... Features like a husband who's an idiot and a wife who's a nag. That's the <laughs> dynamic you're supposed to have. And it's just insane to me. Like, um, I, I like being married to somebody who I enjoy spending time with, right. especially in a pandemic. <laughs> right. Well, apparently that's weird enough that somebody made a whole movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about Stargate. Let's do it. From 1994. This is a movie that I've always like wanted to do a show about. I couldn't exactly tell you why. So you pitched a couple of titles to me, and I immediately seized on Stargate. But I'll ask you, what was it about Stargate that made you pitch it in the first place? Um, I... So a lot of the time, I feel like we do like 80s fantasy kind of stuff. And I think I might have pitched like Lady Hawk yeah. and a couple of those. But honestly, I just was like looking at, I was like, well, I like do a lot of 80s and 90s stuff on the show. Let's just take a quick look at what I've got and be like, what sounds interesting? And saw Stargate and thought, I bet that I'm like, I bet that'd be an interesting show. And kind of tossed it in there along with my 80s fantasy picks. Nice. And you reacted to it right away. <laughs> I did. Well, because, again, in the back of my head, it's always been like, oh, there's got to be a show on Stargate. Um, so when you pitched it, yeah, I jumped on it immediately. Um, do you like Stargate? I do. 
Uh, I watched a lot growing up. Um, I watched the TV show. I was a big fan of Stargate Atlantis, the other spinoff of the spinoff TV show. (laughs) You are speaking my language right now. Um, I might actually like the TV shows more than the movie, uh, which just because they have more time to go into, right. you know, right. different things. But uh, yeah, I was a big Stargate Atlantis fan. I didn't do, I think there's another show that came out after that, that I didn't see. Um, well, there was SG-1 and there yep. was Universe, which came out after. I didn't see Universe. Universe I watched one season of, um, and it was really trying to be a lot like Battlestar Galactica. It was trying to be a lot kind of darker. And that no, wasn't that. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't my jam. That's not why I was going to start it. And I've watched very little SG1 for whatever reason. I've started the series a handful of times and I don't get very far, so every time I want to watch it I have to go back to the beginning. So I've seen the pilot probably 6 times. Uh So you just watch a lot of uh Atlantis? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Atlantis is one of the few shows I've like rewatched all of. Did um okay, were you like so <laughs> when Jason Momoa was getting huge yeah. and everybody was like, yeah. "Oh my god, it's it's Cal Drogo. Drogo." You're like and fucking like, Ronan no. Dex. <laughs> yes, I have been on the Ronan Dex train. <laughs> like he's such a good character on that. For many he's awesome. He's way better than the guy they got rid of. Who was not interesting. Oh, I forget which one they got rid of. He was just like generic soldier guy. I remember his real name was Rainbow Sun Franks, but I don't remember what his character's name was. Okay. Um, but he was not interesting, and replacing him with Ronan Dex was a masterstroke. Um... No, I, yeah, I, this, let's not even talk about the movie. We'll just talk about Stargate. <laughs> We're going to end up talking a lot um, of Stargate Atlantis. I, watching it, um, I did then go like, I think I need to rewatch Atlantis and SG-1 <laughs> after yeah. watching the movie. I definitely want me... to watch all of SG-1. Um, and it just, the whole series just came out on Blu-ray. And I know that like, it's not an official Blu-ray because they didn't shoot so much of it in high def. So they're just like upscaled except for the last couple seasons. Um, but I don't care because I want it and it was on my birthday list. Um, so I do plan to watch all of it again. But yes, re-watching Stargate the movie had me convinced that now I need to go back and re-watch all of Stargate Atlantis. Um, I will also say watching the movie... Uh... Just because I we just had like the tweetathons for your birthday and for this movie fest, this movie I feel like this movie would play. Like, I feel like this is one I I could just I could picture the jokes people would be making. There are no jokes to be made during Stargate. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a very serious movie. It's it is the thing that's so glorious about Stargate is that it is so silly and they play it so straight. Oh, completely straight. Yeah. And that's wow. like Roland Emmerich would lose that gift the more movies that he makes because this leads to Independence Day and I enjoy Independence Day. I think it's really fun. Um, but it's very jokey 
and very kind of self-aware. And one of the things I like about Stargate is that it is not self-aware. It is completely sincere and not jokey. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, did you know that they were going to like make sequels, like beyond the TV show, they were going to make sequels and he had like a whole universe planned and then was just like, actually, I'm going to make Independence Day instead and just gave up on it. I did not know that. I mean, I, I could kind of guess it. That's, I mean, it, it's a pretty great idea for a science fiction property because it's so open-ended, right? Like we have, we mm -hmm. built a doorway to anywhere is basically the premise. And I will admit it's a little bit of a letdown that like where we go is basically ancient Egypt. We go to this mm -hmm. alien world, but oh, it's just modeled after ancient Egypt because it's like those Star Trek episodes where they were trying to save money. So it's like we went to the Old West because this alien planet received a transmission from Gunsmoke or something, you know, and they built their entire civilization to look like the Old West or to look like 1930s Chicago. So we're all running around in suits and being gangsters. I mean, they're super fun episodes to watch as a Star Trek fan because you get to see Spock dressed up like a gangster. <laughs> but there's a lack of, of uh, imagination in that it's like, well, they're just doing a thing that I already know and recognize when it could be anything, right? So uh, for it to be ancient Egypt is a little bit of like, okay, I guess we're saving money because we could just go shoot in the desert. Um, which is not to take anything away from Stargate, a movie I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was certain points when I was watching it where I was like, is this like, um, is this like a battlefield? What is, it? what is the one with Travolta? Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth, where yeah. it's like the humans have become primitive, and right. like we need to we need to fight back against our like alien oppressors. Um, uh, they're called cyclones, and it's okay <laughs> that you don't know that. <laughs> um, although this is just like alien dude who possesses people right, and then right. uses their bodies. I might not have completely understood like what Ra's whole point. Like, why? No, there's just, a point like... that I stopped caring in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where I'm like, I love the first, this is a little bit like happily. I love the first third. The middle third, I kind of check out a little bit and I just let it wash over me. And then I rally again by the end because that's when all the action takes place. And we have like ships flying around and people shooting lasers out of giant spears. And uh, yep. yeah. Um, so there's definitely a point where I just stop caring and stop trying to really understand. Yeah, that that's probably safest with this movie. Yeah. Like you you just have to go along for the ride and not question. Right. Not right. question it. Right. Um and like we said earlier, James Spader is very uh I think he's fun in it in a like weird kind of a dick but not meaning to be away uh also apparently he read the script and thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever read uh like like not in a intentional way but right. like oh shit this is a disaster way right and then i think was going to turn it down but roland emmerich was like talk to him and talked him into it to but it was more like 
James Spader was just like, you know what? I got to see where this goes because <laughs> I don't know what this movie's going to be, but I think it's going to be a hell of a time making it. <laughs> see, and this is why James Spader rules. Like that story <laughs> alone may only makes me like him and this movie more, which right. I didn't think was possible. Um. <laughs> <laughs> His casting is genius because he's the last guy you expect in a movie like this, it reminds me of like when they cast Nicolas Cage in The Rock, where you're like, wait a second, who's doing an action movie now? Having James Spader kind of play the lead of this big sci-fi action adventure in 1994 made no sense. And it's, it's inspired. It did seem like weird casting choice. Yeah. And I, I don't think I knew that as a kid watching it. Cause like, I wouldn't have seen a lot of his other things as a little, like as a kid, kid. Yeah. Um, but and as an adult, I'm like, huh, you're not the dweeb usually. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not right. this. And he's just um, not usually in movies of this size and scale. That's yeah. And then, I mean, Kurt, Kurt Russell does this kind of stuff, but he's usually, it's almost like they told him to, not be like I like his character, but like it was almost like they said, "Don't be charming at all." I knew like, exactly what you were going to say. You will have literally no funny lines. Turn like, off everything that makes you Kurt Russell, and then we're going to give you this haircut. <laughs> <laughs> when they show him, because they show him in the beginning, it's really sad, and he's like, um, when you see him in his house, and he's got like kind of long hair and he's everything. Got his leftover Captain she... Ron hair. <laughs> But when he walked into the briefing room and they cut his hair, I actually audibly laughed. <laughs> like I saw. <laughs> and then I I'm was going like, on a mission. Give me the flat top. <laughs> like it was. I didn't know why they would do that. <laughs> going through um, the Stargate, make it a square. Um, and then French Stewart is randomly in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's a but couple like, people who are randomly in this movie. It, yeah, he's just like a soldier guy. But is it like before he was French Stewart? Because, I think so, like, yeah. Like his voice sounded fairly normal to me and he wasn't squinting all the time. <laughs> so I was like, you're just normal actor. And I'm like, is this before Third Rock from the Sun? <laughs> I think it is. Okay. I th- I'm going to look up Third Rock from the Sun. Um, but he, yeah, he was very much just like generic soldier, kind yeah. of a... He was like an asshole, but generic. Um, Third Rock from the Sun doesn't start till 96. Okay. And that's yeah. when he went full French on us. Right, exactly. That's when we got the French Stewart that we all know and love. <laughs> I don't know. I might have preferred if we kept this one. <laughs> uh, and this is like the I, only other movie I can think of that Jay Davison made besides The Crying Game. Like, I'm sure if I were to look up Jay Davison's credits, there would be other movies listed but if you ask me like what are some jay davidson movies i could tell you this and the crying game and that's another kind of inspired casting choice because Ra is such a like an interesting character and so scary but then also so like delicately pretty right if that makes sense yeah where i was like you know, you have this this alien god who is like enslaving this entire group of people, and I think using their bodies for like 
health, I could not, again, using them to stay alive. <laughs> right. Um, and then, like, takes the big helmet off and is just, like, this delicate, pretty person. And I was like, huh. Yeah, that kind of, like, androgyny, <laughs> I think, really works for the character that's supposed to exist like straddling multiple like here you know straddling genders but also straddling humanity and alien and and uh, by the way i was wrong jay davidson made a a tv movie and a short film but basically only made the crying game and stargate so when i say i can only think of these two things it's because that is all jay davidson made i mean made but made some good movies <laughs> yeah yeah i guess once I'm just you, like i'm done <laughs> once you do the crying game and stargate you're like i got my indie i got my blockbuster i'm cashing out <laughs> i'm jay davis uh, was was this movie successful yes i mean like beyond you know having a billion spinoffs oh yeah wow i just looked at the budget versus box office yeah it made about 200 million dollars um, I don't know how much of that was domestically. Uh, most of it was international. It looks like about 71 million was domestic, which is still more than it costs to make, but it does seem like the kind of movie that would be a huge hit overseas. And it is exactly that. Yes. I also, while I was watching it, had the thought of like, eh, does this movie get made anymore? <laughs> like, no. does this get made today? No. No. no, no, not really. I mean, one of the appeals of it for me is that like they're actually shooting in the desert and not on a green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that animal drags James Spader around, they really like threw a costume on a horse or something and didn't CGI some kind of alien creature. Um, but everything is for the most part practical and tangible and um and there's a sweep to it that i don't think there's something kind of old-fashioned about the whole thing that i don't think comes through in a lot of modern blockbusters it's certainly the last time roland emmerich was able to do something like this because again i like independence day but independence day is is hearkening much more back to like 1970s disaster movies um, there's a sense of wonder that comes from like 1950s science fiction, but it's much more of a, of a disaster film, I think. And Stargate has wonder in spades, I think. And, uh, okay. that's one of the things, again, it's, it's so like cheerfully dorky and I love how dorky this movie is. It, 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 it yeah, it embraces the kind of over the top sci-fi. Yeah. Which... I, I mean, I. What else? What does he he did? Independence Day. Godzilla. What else? Oh, he did Godzilla. After Independence Day, I'm telling you, it's all downhill because it's all about. I actually, I actually love Independence Day, even though I know that it's not like technically great. I love <laughs> no, it. No, I I really <laughs> like it too. I I will. I will not try to talk you out of loving Independence Day. I think it's a ton of fun. But yeah, there's um Did he do the freezing cold one? He with... did the day after tomorrow. I don't like... 
Yes. I remember seeing that in theaters and being like, I don't think this is for me. No. That, um, that one didn't work for me. He does Godzilla, then he does The Patriot. The, the Patriot? Mel Gibson. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've seen that movie so many times and I don't know why. That is interesting to me. Uh, I've probably seen that movie like eight times. For real? <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> I saw it, it once was... in theaters, and I think I swore it off when, A, I realized it's not about patriotism, but rather about revenge, and B, a character oh, yeah. says, just... <laughs> it's a free country, well, it will be. And I thought, oh, I never need to see this again. Um, So it came out 2000, I would have been 12, and I feel like, I don't know, my dad probably watched it, and then it was probably on, like... HBO or one of the cable channels we had and if something was on those I would just like watch them sure and so I want to say I've seen I've seen the Patriot a number of times I also remember being like very into the fact that the first son that gets killed <laughs> hard is, to keep him um, straight but it's uh yeah the, is, the kid from Everwood is the Oh, I was going to say the kid from um, Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers, yeah, right. But also he was from Everwood, yeah. yeah. And I remember being, I was being Small Soldiers fans, so I was like, I gotta, gotta watch the Patriot a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> gotta see him get killed. <laughs> gotta see this guy get killed. Something that didn't happen in Small Soldiers, but should have. <laughs> That's what they that just movie weren't was. brave enough. Right, exactly. What? Did we watch that last year for your birthday? We did, yeah. That was that was in the Joe Dante slot last year. It's a good movie. It is. Um. Yeah. No. Wow. He's made a lot of stuff that I did not have an interest in seeing. No. It really. It really. For me, after Independence Day, it goes kind of downhill. And there's stuff I like in The Day After Tomorrow, and there's stuff I like in 2012, and there's stuff I like in White House Down, and I wouldn't say I really like any of those movies. There's things I like in them. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually he gets to, like, Independence Day Resurgence, which I still maintain is one of the worst blockbusters I've ever seen. I didn't bother seeing it. You're fine. Especially if you like Independence Day. Like, I... I have found that most of the time I don't enjoy sequels to like, if I really like, I don't like a single Jurassic Park sequel, no. um, but I love Jurassic Park's like, I will say is probably my favorite movie. Yeah. And then like, I love Independence Day and I just, I remember seeing the trailer for the new one and being like, I don't think I'm going to like that. <laughs> no, you were right. You have very good instincts. <laughs> I just want a one and done. I just like, I guess don't make sequels. <laughs> Well, for some properties, uh, Jurassic Park is a one and done movie. I mean, we didn't yes. <laughs> need four or five sequels to that movie because they're all just trying to do Jurassic Park again. There's nobody's taking anything in a new or different direction. Um, the last one, I guess, kind of did, which people will say is what they like about it. But it's like, what if dinosaurs were in a big house? Okay, well. I guess this movie answers that question, but I was not a fan. <laughs> like, I didn't know that was a question I needed to have answered. Right, exactly. That's There's a reason why I didn't ask that question. Um, Stargate. Uh, <laughs> back to Stargate. I was just about to do that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, 
has one of my favorite like science fiction scores. The score by David it's... Arnold. I love so much. I love the theme. Uh, it would, of course, later become the theme to the SG-1 TV show. And I don't know if that becomes overkill or if like you're an SG-1 fan when you watch... It's like when I watch um, Star Trek The Motion Picture, the theme is what they would eventually use as the theme song to Next Generation. So when I watch Motion Picture, I'm like, well, why are they just playing the Next Generation theme in a movie? <laughs> this belongs on a TV show. And I wonder if hardcore SG-1 fans have that same feeling when they watch the movie. It's like, why are they playing the music from the opening of SG-1? I, I hope not. Since this is the original. Right. <laughs> like, I hope not. Um, I, oh, this is interesting. I was just reading about, like, the music. Yeah. And when David Arnold was making it, that he is apparently the basis of the score was that James Spader's character, when everybody else would stand back and say, oh, my God, James would just smile and walk towards it. He says, so it was moving forward with a sense of majesty instead of being frightened by what's around the corner. I, <laughs> I love like, it. I was like, nice. That's it perfect. Is, it is good music. Yeah. Um, it is such a, it's such a, I don't know. Like, it's a fun, again, we keep saying it's fun, but they play it completely straight. And I don't mean fun in a, like, in a, I mean, I guess it is kind of silly. I don't know. It's just mm. one of those, like, it makes me happy. Well, like I finished the movie and I'm just like, that was nice. Like I, I'm in a good place right now yeah. after having watched Stargate. Uh, Did you watch the theatrical cut or the extended cut? I watched, uh, I assume it was theatrical. It was the one that was on prime. Okay. Um, I don't know which one was on prime. I'm, I'm it's probably the theatrical was, cut. I was too lazy to pull it off my shelf. I had a moment of panic where I was, <laughs> I've done that so many times, by the way, where like I stream was... stuff that I own just because I'm like, well, it'll save my place if I have to turn it off for a little bit. It was, um, Dave was watching something down here and I didn't want to tell him to stop. So I went upstairs and there's not a thing to play movies upstairs. So I was just like, whatever, I'll watch it. On Streaming Prime. it on Prime. Well, so I put the Blu-ray in and it comes up, the menu comes up and you have, I go click play movie and it asks theatrical or extended cut. And I had a moment of panic where I was like, do I text Robin? Do I, do I say like, which one are we going to watch? I went theatrical just because I knew it was like nine minutes shorter and because I thought, well, if we're going to talk about it, we might as well talk about the version that came out. Um, now I'm wondering what's in the extended because I there's think There's a I've breakdown on like IMDb. If you check out IMDb, it tells you basically. It's, it's nothing hugely significant, I don't think. Um, Stargate. I'm looking at the runtime on Prime. Oh my gosh, it leaves Prime by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> it, wow, I timed No, that just kidding. If you listen to this on Wednesday, it leaves <laughs> it, it basically 24 hours from now. So if you listen to this podcast on Wednesday, the day it comes out, you have to watch Stargate today because it leaves Prime tonight. The version on Prime is the theatrical cut. Okay. Well, then I'm glad we watched the same one. Yeah, me too. And now it looks like SG-1 isn't on Prime anymore. Where did it go? So what the hell am I going to do with myself? Now I have to buy the Blu-ray box. 
did they move it to like another streaming service? Probably. It's probably on like Paramount Plus or some bullshit that I'm not going to subscribe to. Oh, it might be on Netflix. Atlantis isn't on there either. I have Atlantis on Blu-ray, so I could, luckily I can watch that, but. No, 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 you're fine. SG-1 is on, is on uh, Netflix. Oh, there we go. So, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness. You're saved. <laughs> I will say, I, the little bit of SG-1 I've watched, I wasn't as crazy about because I don't actually love the casting of Richard Dean Anderson. Um, He's a... Yeah, he's a weird replacement to... As O'Neill, yeah. Like, he plays it very, like, jokey and wisecracky. And I'm like, that's not the character at all. It's... And I, I get... I get kind of that you maybe have to do that for... Um, for a TV show sometimes. Especially, like, a TV show like Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Like, it's... What did it air on... It was syndicated. Like, I, I think it started on Showtime. It may really? have really in my head. It was like a TBS show. And well, I think it, it was TNT. I, I think it eventually went into syndication. Um, okay. So it may very well have aired on like Sci-Fi or something like that. But I think it started on Showtime. Interesting. I'm trying to find. Uh, Showtime for the first five seasons, and then Sci-Fi for the last five seasons. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so was Atlantis? Atlantis must have just been Sci-Fi, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I didn't watch Atlantis when it was on TV. I got the the um, the set to review when I was writing for DVD Verdict. I got sent the entire, the complete series of Stargate Atlantis. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do with this? It's a hundred episodes <laughs> of a show I've never seen. How am I going to watch a hundred episodes to review it? And then I started watching it and I was like, I am so into this. And I don't think I watched all hundred by the time I turned in my review, but I definitely got through like the first four seasons i think i don't know that i finished all of season five but i got through a lot of episodes before i actually filed my review uh because i got super sucked into it also and and again like i've watched sg1 but again less familiar with that one the the like vampire creature things were mostly a atlantis creation right i think specifically atlantis okay and which i thought was so fun like yeah yeah, there's just, like, our entire thing is we're at war with these wraiths. Like, right. that's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there were other villains later on, um, but the wraiths were, like, the Klingons. They were, like, the main villains. Mm -hmm. And I was okay with... I liked... Uh, I will say I liked the John Shepard character, too. John Shepard rules. Probably more. Like, I liked him probably more than the O'Neill character from SG-1. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Such a good show. <laughs> I love it. And again, I, I know that it's like, if you're a hardcore science fiction fan, you probably don't like Stargate Atlantis because it's like, every alien planet looks like the woods in Vancouver. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, again, kind of silly. But I just, I love the characters so much. Um that I was willing to like go on whatever goofy adventure there was. And there's like joke episodes where like Richard kind, which is weird because he plays a character in the movie Stargate. And then he shows up on a few episodes of 
Stargate Atlantis kind of as this Harry Mudd character. Um, oh, that's right. He's like the linguist who's not as good as James Spader, right? Right, right. The one who's like, I can't figure out what this says. Right. Um, but then he shows up in a couple episodes of Atlantis as sort of an antagonist type character. I remember one where he's like mind controlling all the women to be in love with him. And they're like kind of jokier episodes. And I don't even care. I'll take those. <laughs> like That's how I'm down with the whole show. Um, I was going to say, can we give spoilers for SG-1? Sure, I haven't seen it. Uh, so anything is a spoiler to me, basically. Well, okay, so obviously in Stargate, like, James Spader sticks with, the, like, he, he, he gets a, a wife, I guess? Like, does she give it to him? D does the, she the give woman, what the... to him? Like the like, she's like given to him, right? Oh, is she the given to him? I thought you said, Shiori, does she give like... it to him? And I was like, does she no. give it to him? I assume <laughs> no, so. Given... I don't know. <laughs> uh, Millie Avital, yes, who would show up again in Kissing a Fool. So, um, she's like his wife or girlfriend or whatever, right? Um, right. in the movie, but on the show, I feel like a couple seasons in, they were just like, she's dead. We've killed her. Like, they're just oh, like, bye real? bye. Yeah, like, oh, cool, they, and they, they, it's like they kill her. Her entire like plot line is super depressing, and like it ain't good for her. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can leave her story in like the Stargate movie where it ends and they're happily ever after. Right. You don't need to know that. Like two years later, she did. <laughs> Not cool, Stargate. <laughs> I I missed Stargate in theaters. I bought it on Laserdisc. I blind bought it on Laserdisc, which I almost never did back in those days. Because uh, Laserdiscs were not cheap. But I got a job at Tower Records. And I worked there for one day. Not even a whole day. Because I went in for my shift. And they had scheduled me to work on a Saturday night that I had specifically said I couldn't work when I was like interviewing uh, because I had tickets to a Weezer concert. And at this point that meant something uh, because Weezer was still a good band. My favorite band at the time, they'd only released two albums. Uh, if I had tickets to a Weezer concert now, I couldn't give them away fast enough. But at the time that really meant something. So uh, I said, gosh, I, I'm so sorry, but I, can't work on this Saturday. Uh, you know, I have these concert tickets I, I had mentioned in our interview, and he said, well, you're going to have to figure that out. And I started to work my shift, and I got so angry the more and more I thought about it. And I was young and very immature that I was like, I don't think I'm going to keep this job. I'm going to go... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this shift, and uh, I'm probably not going to come back after today. So I went on my lunch break, uh, which was dinner because it was a nighttime shift, but I went on my lunch break. But before I went on my lunch break, I used my employee discount to purchase Stargate on Laserdisc. And then I went to a Burger King and I was sitting there and I was like, wait, if I'm not coming back after today, why am I going back there at all? Why am I going to go finish this shift? Uh, <laughs> so... I just didn't. I just didn't go back. I finished my Burger King and drove home with my Laserdisc of Stargate. 
It's the only time I've ever done that. I, you know, kind of when I was younger would pride myself on like seeing things through and taking things seriously. And you don't leave somebody hanging like that. If you say you're going to work, you're going to work. But in this one instance, I was like, no, you know what? Fuck this. I got my Stargate laser disc. I'm going home. So that's what I did. I went home and I watched Stargate. And the rest is... Uh... And you got to see Weezer. And I did get to see Weezer. And it was an amazing concert. And uh, I was with I Doug. I like Weezer. <laughs> Still? I mean... I mean, like, it's fine if you do. I apologize then for insulting them, but I'm not no, a fan no, no. of. Like, I'm like, not a fan I will of still Weezer. listen to like their first album and stuff. Oh yeah, no, I still love their first two albums. I don't mean yeah. to say that like I'm over Weezer. Weezer just went in a direction that doesn't interest me. So now when I hear them, I'm like, how did I ever love this band? Uh, but their first two albums, I still really, really love. Yeah, I don't think I listen to anything beyond the first couple albums. Yeah. You're you're better off that way. It's like not seeing Independence Day resurgence. It's it's something you don't want in your head. It's like turning off three from hell. You know, I, I've gotten enough. Um, I just love that you bought it on. Then you went home. You yeah, went, you watched Stargate. That's my relationship to Stargate, and then uh, and then Stargate Atlantis. Uh, yeah. So good though. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It's really, it's really fun. Um, I I need to watch SG one. Cause I'm sure there's people listening like you idiot. You should watch SG one. It's the superior show. And that may very well be true. It's going to be hard for me to get over my love of Stargate Atlantis. I think it's a doctor who situation where like your first doctor is your doctor. Mm-hmm. And by the way, do people tell you, you look like the current doctor who, no, do I? <laughs> I I kind of think so. Yeah, when I was watch, I was watching it because it's on HBO Max, so I was catching oh. up on the current series of Doctor Who, and I was like, "Boy, she looks like Robin." <laughs> I have not heard that. Okay. Um, I I have have I watched the who was the actress? Um, good I remember question. thinking it was not funny because it wasn't. What was it? I said, "Good question." I can't think of her name right now. Um, I want to say Jody uh, Whitaker. Whitaker. Um, I remember when she was cast as the doctor thinking it was funny, not funny because it wasn't a funny show, but she was in the miniseries with David Tennant. Um, what was the, the one where he's like a detective and her kid gets murdered? Oh gosh. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. Is it like um, broad something? Broad church. That's my guess. Yes. I wanted and... to say Broad Street, but that's not right. Broad Church. No, it's Broad Church, and it's like Olivia okay. Coleman, and it's great, but I've, I think I've seen like a couple episodes with her as the Doctor, and she's kind of very odd and a little goofy, and like, she's not that in the Broad Church. No, probably <laughs> like, not. That's a very different show. Um, so who's your first Doctor? Um, what's his name? Uh, not Tennant, Matthew, um, Smith, Smith. Thank you. Gosh, I'm not doing good with the names tonight. Matt Smith, uh, was Uh, my first doctor. And so that's the one that I really love. And I feel like maybe it's that way with Stargate. Like I watched Atlantis first. That's going to be my love. And I may really enjoy SG one, but just like I may really enjoy David Tennant or Jodie Whittaker, mm -hmm. but Matt Smith, and Atlantis are always going to be my first loves. I get that. I get that. 
I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I'm the same way. <laughs> Who's your favorite doctor? Uh, well, I, I'll go my first. It was it was Tennant. Yeah. Um, Dave was rewatching with uh, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. And I watched that one, but he's such a like angrier doctor. Yeah, angrier. I can't. I can't get into him. But I'm also the weird one who a lot of people's first companion is Rose, but I came in late and my first companion was Martha. So I really liked her mm-hmm. and a lot of people hated her because she was the follow-up to Rose. Right. Um, and I'm also the weird one who I really liked Clara. So <laughs> I liked Clara. I liked Clara a yeah. lot. But I liked her don't. better um, with Peter Capaldi than I did with Matt Smith. Because with Matt Smith, I was like, no, 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 you're supposed to be Amy Pond. But then once they switched doctors, then I was okay with it being her. Um, I was on, I guess you'll get this because you're, you've seen, I'm assuming, most of Doctor Who. But randomly, I was on TikTok the other day, and I was scrolling through, and somebody for their TikTok just decided to put the entire Amy Pond-like angel scene where she's like all right i'm gonna leave to go be with my husband and matt smith is like crying and begging her not to and i was just yeah. like well now i'm sad because you've put this just wow. randomly in front of me that's cruel. like out of context here's this <laughs> scene and i was like the people who have seen this show will be heartbroken people who haven't are going to be very lost yeah yikes i was like I feel like we have talked about a lot of things that are not Stargate tonight. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> We've also talked about Stargate. Stargate um, in all its iterations. And its many iterations. Um, it's anything else you want to say? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's, I, like, I don't know what you say about Like I, I offered it, or I suggested it, and I joked that like I think it's something we should, like it's a movie that people could live tweet through, and it would work wonderfully. But I also feel like it just is what it is. I don't know how you right. – I can't give, like, deeper meaning to things yeah. in Stargate. Yeah, it's, it's not so a movie where we're really going to talk about the themes and, you know, any of that kind of stuff. What it what it has to say about our current political climate. Like, it's Stargate. <laughs> it's uh, Stargate. They go through a Stargate. They go They're through even... a Stargate. They use the word Stargate. <laughs> It's ancient like Egypt that, on the other side. I like that he translates. He does the translation and he's like, this word means Stargate. I don't really, <laughs> that's not a real, like, that's not a word. Right. So, like, why would you be like, yeah, obviously this is the translation. And I was like, <laughs> like, why would your translation not be like gate to the stars or like right. not a word that's not really a word. <laughs> no, not as cool of a title. Um, I also, I, I tweeted out like, I would refuse to be the first first person to walk through a Stargate. <laughs> I saw that, and you're absolutely right. You know who would be the first <laughs> like, person? James terrible. Spader. And that's why the music sounds the way that it does. <laughs> <laughs> it also seems when when he steps halfway through and it like pulls him, yes. and I was like, that would you see? Because I would be throwing up. <laughs> and he dematerializes. It's terrifying. <laughs> That does not seem cool. No. And then I'm thinking about, like, the show. They're constantly just running through Stargates back and forth. Like, are you dematerializing every single time? How did that <laughs> never are. go bad? I also wonder, like, uh, I almost I almost tweeted a joke about, like, the Foley sound of, like, 
I was like, what did they use? What did the Foley guys use to make the like squelch noise? <laughs> it made such a squelching noise yeah. as they went through it that I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, ooh, <laughs> like you're going through Jello. <laughs> I do like the like liquid. The you know it's the Terminator Two effect basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's put to pretty good use. I think uh, overall the special effects work. Yeah, there's like some early CG um, that maybe doesn't work as well. I, I, none of it is bad for me. Like I, I could see that there's some people maybe who feel like it doesn't hold up, but none of the, I didn't have a problem with any of the effects. I like all the effects. Yeah, nothing, nothing took me out of the movie to be like, wow, that looks bad. Yeah. Because um, even even the stuff that was like dated, I was just like, yeah, it's ninety four. Okay. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, look what they were doing. Good right. for them. Right. And it is, again, kept to kind of a minimum, you know? It's not like a, mm-hmm. a, a like it's not wall-to-wall special effects. No, it's, um, what, like the spaceships and... Right, which only show Stargate. up kind of at the end in the Stargate and the transforming yeah. helmets. Those um, ones, the, the transforming helmets worked for me. I like those. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I dig it. I dig it. Um... Is that it? Are we done talking about Stargate? <laughs> I think so. Unless right. you know, unless you want to just start recapping every episode of Atlantis, I think I'm covered. I 100% was working at like an office job shortly after I my second watch of Atlantis, and I was so into it that I started listening to the Stargate podcast where they would just talk about episodes of Atlantis, where they basically did just recap episodes, and I was like, I'm fine with this, uh, and they didn't really like it. No. I know. Oh, God. Rem- imagine having to podcast recap a show. Like, if you have to podcast recap or podcast about a movie you don't like, you just talk about it once. But if you're doing a TV show that you didn't like, yes. that's that's a lot of work. Well, I think it was like they loved SG-1 and they loved the world of Stargate. So they got into being the official Stargate podcast. And then they got to Atlantis and it was like, well, this isn't as good, but we got to talk about it. Um, and then I bailed. I don't know if they ever talked about universe or I don't even know if the show is still going. This was almost 10 years ago that I was listening to it, but that's how deep into Atlantis I was. I don't think I ever, I ever did a recap of it. No, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't imagine why. But that's I've so watched weird. it a couple times. Yeah. I mean, where yes. else am I going to see Ronan Dex? <laughs> Do you have a favorite, uh, like, commander? Because they went through three or four of them. Uh, no. No? <laughs> I don't... No, I don't think so. Okay. Who is your favorite? I'm an OG Dr. Weir fan. Um... I think she was my favorite. I mean, I know. And part of that is because I didn't have an attachment to like Samantha Carter from SG one. I liked Woolsey just because he was Robert Picardo and I love Robert Picardo. Um, But I, I, I feel like the show kind of did Dr. Weird dirty eventually the way they wrote her out. But I guess if I have to pick one, it would be where. Weird. Yeah. Um, weirdly, I didn't love Taylor. Taylor? Taylor? Taylor. Um, she wasn't my favorite. 
I loved, um, oh my God. Oh, the really rude guy. Rude guy? Yeah. You're talking about Rodney McKay? Yeah. He's not rude. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just a little tactless. <laughs> Again, loved Ronan Dex. I had a friend who was obsessed with um, Beckett. Really? With Carson Beckett. Like, she loved him. Really? I was. Yeah. My mind was blown to find out he's not Scottish. <laughs> I was I like, why, I wouldn't, why would they just Scottish. cast a Canadian to do a Scottish accent? But He is Scottish. He, he is? According to Wiki, but never oh. mind. It says... Born in Scotland, moved to Canada when he was two. Thank moved you. Back, no, moved back to Scotland in his early teens for a few years and then moved back to Canada again. All I'm saying is I think that accent was a put on. Oh, it probably very yeah. much was. So that was just uh, weird to me. Why not just cast an actor who has a Scottish accent? But whatever. He was fine. He was. I liked him. Oh, the one we couldn't remember his name was Aiden Ford was the one that was. Get out replaced. of here, Aiden Ford. <laughs> yeah. You're the worst. When your real name is Rainbow Sun Franks. <laughs> Much cooler name than Aiden Ford. Um, I also remember being really excited when Jewel State came on the show as sure. like your doctor, yeah. just because I loved Firefly so much and was like a big fan of all of her other shows. So was very excited. She has other shows? She did if you were a Nickelodeon fan as a child. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> she was Space Cases, Flash Forward. Um, and there was just a little kid. <laughs> so I was just excited to see somebody who'd been like on a Nick, like a Nick kids show right. working. No, and I liked she her did on the show. Yeah. Like she was on, she was on a show, um, that was on in like 2000, 2001 called, I want to say it was called higher ground. And it was, um, it was like Hayden Christensen and AJ Cook and like what? all these random people. So the cast it was Hayden Christensen, AJ Cook, Megan Ori, Kyle Downs, Jewel State, and they were all like difficult kids who are now at a camp. <laughs> <laughs> what is this show? It was like a teen drama uh, that was on for one season about a group of high schoolers at a therapeutic boarding school and it's like you know one of them is pressured by their parents and like another one's a drug addict and one of them has an eating disorder and it was very much like teen teen show what did but, this air on um it was it was on i don't know what was on okay i mean it, it sounds fox. like a fox a show fox. yeah right okay that <laughs> sounds about but right I feel like, I mean, it's weird because it's like Hayden Christensen did this, and then I think pretty quickly was Anakin, because I think that didn't come out long after 2000. No, that was like 2002, maybe? And then I want to say this was probably around the time where another movie that I've seen way too many times um, is Life as a House. Oh, that's a movie I've seen zero times. So, um, it's, I want to say it came out, it was, uh, 2001, so it was right around the same time, and it's a, um, it's a Kevin Klein. Right, I remember <laughs> it, I just never saw it. 
probably seen that like five times. What is going on? I'm revealing a lot about myself. <laughs> just like movie. I've seen classics that I'll be like, I've seen that movie one time. And it'll just be these like random, weird ass movies that'll be like, yeah, I've seen that 10 times. <laughs> like, I made a joke about the Newsies when we were watching Viva Las Vegas. Yes. And you I were like, that. I don't know what any of Yeah, you mean. used a lot of words. I have seen Newsies probably 20 times. That's another one I've seen zero times. Part, I didn't see it as a kid. I watched it in college. <laughs> Freshman year of college, one of my friends really liked it. So we would just watch it on repeat and then try to reenact dances. Oh, my goodness. Like, And we all chose one of the Newsies was like our favorite, but nobody was allowed Christian Bale. Oh, who was who was your Newsie favorite? <laughs> um, uh, David was the character's name. Okay. But the actor was... Somebody who maybe was a real actor. Um, well, it was David Moscow. David so he's Moscow. the young Josh and Big. Oh, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I was like 18 at the time, which is probably a little too old to be like, mm, this 17-year-old's cute. Oh, it's fine. Now I'm like, oh, Christian Bale, you're a child in this movie. Yeah, right. I'm constantly conflating Newsies with Swing Kids, and I'm I'm guessing it's the Christian Bale of it all. I've never seen Swing Kids. I weirdly does he sing and dance in that movie? Sadly, no. He he might oh, dance okay. because there is the swing dancing. Uh, I saw it opening night on like a double date and tried to not laugh through the whole movie because it's I thought really bad, but. I haven't seen it since. Maybe it's great. I was going to say you should watch Newsies, but like you shouldn't. It's not actually good. <laughs> it's um, got to be on Disney Plus, sing... right? It is on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, they might also have the like, there's a Broadway stage version where it's like actual talented singers and dancers. And okay. so the dancing is very good. As a play, it's just okay. Um, yeah, Christian Bale can neither sing nor dance. And there's legit a scene where he's in the front dancing in a group scene and you see his feet go all over the place. Like he clearly starts to trip and fall and then fixes, like catches himself and keeps dancing. And I think just do another take. Mm. <laughs> like, your lead just almost fell over. Yeah. You might want to reshoot like, that. And they were like, Nope, keep it in. Keep it in. He sounds like me. So my heart goes out to him. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird one because, like, he feels as a person very dark to me. Yeah. And so him playing this, like, cheerful street urchin boy who's like, I'm going to move to New Mexico. I, that's his entire character. Um, I mean, maybe watch it with the kids, I guess. Like, they might be an Ann Margaret's in it. So, you know, you got that going for you. Yeah. Yeah, that was what uh, your tweet was about, right? That she plays some... Yeah role she plays yeah she plays meta she plays like a, a vaudeville showgirl who sings and dances does she make sandwiches but... at all <laughs> she doesn't she's just there for moral support for the newsies on strike <laughs> oh, like right. she's really just there to be like go get him also bill pullman's in it um he also oh, sings and dances. <laughs> now you've talked me into it <laughs> like, he i should have led with that yeah he's... you really should have <laughs> he's actually really he's he's kind of adorable in it now I and have then, to see uh, it. I had no idea Bill Pullman was in it. Oh, and then the uh, 
the main bad guy is um oh god what is his name it's it's newsy mcnewserson no the actor is um oh. robert duvall <laughs> oh sure tom hagan it's, it's a weird cast it sounds like it you're like yep it's it's a movie Huh. All right. Stargate. <laughs> Stargate. Yeah, I guess we should wrap up with that. With that newsies digression, we're officially out of things to say about Stargate. You but, know what? Uh, Stargate, we took a lot of Stargates into that's other exactly movie worlds. what it is. <laughs> we jumped around to many different worlds. We dematerialized over and over again. Uh, everybody watch Stargate in like the next 12 hours. Because it. it's leaving Prime, and then you'll have to spend, like, I don't know, $6 on a Blu-ray. I think you can get it super cheap. Um, it's worth it. It is totally too. worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then somebody send me all of Stargate SG-1 so I can watch it. Cause it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Never mind. I'm going to watch it on Netflix. Um, well, thank you, Robin, for talking about Stargate and all of its iterations with me. It was super fun. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can find us at fthismovie.com. Follow us on Twitter at fthismovie. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, or you can email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. We will be back next week with a show on Kong versus Godzilla, which I'm excited to see. Not as excited as my daughter is. Oh my gosh. Can she not wait for that show, for that movie? Um, but thanks again, Robin. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.